Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Hanging out with you here on the home of world football. I am Dave Denholm, your venerable host. What's on tap tonight on Soccer Weekly? Sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company. Embrace, embrace life. Drink good beer. Some good soccer talk coming up with you. We are going to break down and work up the minutia that is the Champions League. You wait for Champions League gets going in the knockout stages coming up in just days on Tuesday. I'm going to break down all the matchups. You're going to tell me who you love. What matchups do you want to watch? I'm not just talking about picking on your favorite team, right? Oh, I'm a big Spurs fan. I think they're going to crush you. Be honest about this stuff. Come at me with what some of the better matchups are in your mind. What do you really want to see? What do you not want to miss? When it comes to the UEFA Champions League, the knockout stages, and they're here. These are 16 of the best teams in the world. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number for you to get involved. We're talking soccer here for the next hour on ESPN LA 710 like we do each and every week. So glad you can join me. Don't forget, you can hit up the show if you prefer on Twitter. You can just do the old at talk soccer. That's me. Follow me there. We've got so much to get to. We're going to be talking with LAFC defense the defender. I always dip into my Dave Joseph the love of hockey there, defenseman. Defender Walker Zimmerman, a friend of the show now. He's this is going to be his second time on. So looking forward to chatting with him, the LAFC defender getting ready for the MLS kickoff, the season beginning in less than a month. Do you believe? My fearless producer Mario Reyes and I were talking earlier during show prep, like, holy cow, it's almost here. Remember the old Seinfeld bit, you know, a couple of showers, you're here for a few days. It's really like 20 minutes you're here for the, you know, the, the week. It's like we're talking about a few hours away from kickoff of Major League Soccer season and LAFC beginning that and the Galaxy rebuilding. I love it. We've got the presidential election in USSF. I am on pins and needles with that. And news out of Liga MX that is so interesting. I can't wait to get to that as well. But we are breaking down the Champions League like nobody else, right? 16 teams, knockout stages, two legs, home and away. The matchups are as follows. Basel's going to be taking on Manchester City. Juve, Juventus going up against Spurs. Porto and Liverpool, Real Madrid and PSG. Oh, man. Two-time defending champions, Real Madrid against maybe the best team in the world. Right? Maybe maybe Paris Saint-Germain is the best team in the world right now. Bayern taking on Besiktas, Chelsea and Barcelona, Sevilla and Man United, and Shakhtar and Roma. Those are the matchups. I want to hear from you. What's What are the marquee matchups that you cannot miss? You can tweet at me, at TalkSoccer, or give us a call at 877-710-ESPN. I'll tell you my favorite matchup. My absolute favorite matchup. Out of these 16, and you would not be able to guess it, I would imagine. It is Shakhtar and Roma. And I love this matchup on paper and on the pitch. Because what I get tired of with so many of you, I'll be honest with you, so many of you bother me with this. Not all, but a few. Okay, a couple of you. All right, maybe just you. What I hate about it is everybody looks at on paper and it's the big names versus some lesser names and immediately you just assume, 
oh, Roma's going to run all over Shakhtar. Shakhtar is better than Roma. Shakhtar Donetsk from Ukraine, hear me, is better. They're better at football than Roma right now. Now, Roma can beat them. Absolutely. Aiden Jekko, El Shirari. Look, Roma can win. Shakhtar is better than Roma. You are Shakhtar Donetsk is loaded. Bernard, Marlos, Tyson, Facundo Ferreira, Fred, who Man City's taking a good hard look at. They're loaded. And Shakhtar's not afraid to play anyone. Remember, they beat City in the final game of their group to get to the knockout stage. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Why is that my favorite? Because it is so even. Like, Shakhtar's better. Roma can win. And it's one that nobody's going to expect much out of. You can say that for a few other matchups that are going to be much closer than people think. Bayern and Besiktas. Besiktas is playing some of the best football in Europe right now. And they're loaded. On paper and on the pitch. Ryan Babel is reignited. Taliska. I love Ricardo Quaresma. One of my all-time favorites. He is just a... He's a madman on the pitch, and I love it. And the way he plays. We gotta get to your thoughts on it as well. Again, 877-710-ESPN. Your favorite matchups in this Champions League, and who's gonna win those. And I believe Shakhtar can do a lot of damage. The Ukrainian side is that good. They can do a lot of damage in these knockout stages. Let's go to the phones. 877-710-ESPN. You can hit me up with your thoughts on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. First up is Michelle in Santa Monica. Michelle, welcome to a Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunholm on ESPN LA 710. Hi. Hey, what's um, going on, Michelle? I wanted to know your thoughts on the Galaxy this season. After last year, when there was so much skepticism, what do you think now that they picked up all these new players? Michelle, they've got a real good shot to do a lot of turning around this season, right? They, everything went wrong last season. It was They were the worst team. They had injuries. It just fell apart. The plan didn't work. But what I love about my LA Galaxy, Michelle, and I'm sure you're a fan as well, I can hear it in your voice, is they don't mess around. They go out and try to fix things immediately. They're not trying to look for the the long-term fix. They want it now. And part of that was bringing in Siggy Schmid, who immediately wins back the respect that you need. And all of it is bringing in great, top-quality players. Ola Kamara was a brilliant get Jossie Zardes needed a fresh start. I still think there's something left in Jossie Zardes' tank. I don't think we would have discovered it here with the Galaxy. Great trade to get Kamara. I'm expecting an awful lot of him fitting in with the Dos Santos brothers. Roman Alessandrini was a great signing. I like what they've done defensively with Shelvick and uh, bringing him in. They're going to be a, a, a playoff-type team, Michelle. And if you get to the playoffs in MLS... And you're hot at the right time. There's no reason that the LA Galaxy can't win it all this year. They can. Okay, good. And uh, what are you, is I was your, wondering you, if I should buy season tickets? So now you just gave me my answer, Michelle. You go to that box office tonight if you can, or tomorrow okay. if you can. Thank you so much for the phone call. Appreciate you listening to Soccer Weekly. Views and opinions expressed by Dave Dunholm of LA Galaxy are not necessarily those of ESPN LA Seven Ten. They're going. They have a shot to win. Yes, they've turned it around that quickly. Now, when you're that bad, you've got to go out and prove it from the, from the minute one, from whistle one in the regular season. Nobody going to hand you anything. Everybody believes they can pound on the Galaxy now. 
and with good reason, because they did last year. No one is afraid of LA Galaxy anymore. And that's something you got to overcome. You absolutely do. Oh, I got a great tweet from at Eric Grand Rapidian, who says, at Talk Soccer, 16 best teams. I got Shakhtar losing to Montreal Impact 3-1. Well, the Impact looked pretty good. Shakhtar's loaded. Shakhtar would be right up there at the top of MLS, right around there. Don't tell me they could crush Toronto FC, though. Not necessarily. No, you heard it. You heard it right. Thank you. Appreciate that tweet. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Let's go back out to the phones. Pedram is in L.A. Welcome to Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm on ESPN LA 710. Pedram, how are you? Hey, man. Very good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the show. Uh, a couple of quick points. Um, I think out of all the games in Champions League, the uh, PSG-Real Madrid game is the most important one. Um, the result of that game will have uh, long-term effect, I think, on both games, on Zidane, on what Ronaldo is going to do, um, eventually what's going to happen to Neymar. Uh, for me, I'm a Man U fan, so the most exciting game for me would be Man U uh, Sevilla game. Yeah, thank you, Pedro. I appreciate that. I want to. I hope you can uh, keep listening here to hear my comments on that. It's an interesting point. He brings up Real PSG for the right reasons. Pedro is absolutely right. This one has maybe the most drama that will come from this matchup. Already in the round of 16, these are teams that can win Champions League this year. Now, Real Madrid's been struggling. They are the defending champs. They can win if they get it together, right? PSG certainly can win. And you have this matchup this early. And Pedram's right. So much drama coming out. What he's talking about with Zizou. Zidane might not, might not survive this. What happens to Neymar if PSG falls on their face in this first round of knockout stage? Obviously, they're playing great. There's no way, in my estimation, that Real Madrid's going to run over PSG. No, no way. But they could lose. What happens after that? He is absolutely. What happens to Cristiano Ronaldo if if Real Madrid gets run over in this? You know, and all the ramifications that will be seen much more far and wide than just the Champions League. One of these teams is going to be out though. One of them is going to be gone. I like him talking about Man United and Sevilla. I think that's a great matchup for Man United. Now Sevilla, on paper, looks more dangerous than they are. I love Abar over in the uh, La Liga. Now they played uh, Sevilla recently and ran them over, ran them down. And it, Sevilla has just not been clicking on all cylinders as I've watched them. There's a good team. Love Joaquin Correa. Love Ever Benega, one of my favorites. Benega can do very little wrong in my eyes. However, Sevilla, they're not afraid to give up goals. Now that with Mourinho, I think he's going to have to come out of his shell a little bit here with this two leg tie. If Mourinho decides to let Man United play a little bit more, they could really do some damage to Sevilla's defense. But he's going to have to let them play. You don't want to keep Sevilla in hanging around. You really don't. 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Oscar. Oscar is next up in North Hollywood. Oscar, welcome to uh, Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunholm. What's up? Hey, Dave. Uh, first time caller. Just kind of wanted to comment on uh, Barca versus Chelsea in Champions League. Just on Based on revision in history, I guess you could say, just, they've always had a good match of going, in, going against each other as far as like dating back to when Ronaldinho had a few games there, I think, where he played Chelsea pretty strong in Champions League. And there was that one year where Mourinho, I think, was, if I'm not mistaken, the one uh, managing Chelsea, and they knocked them out one year with 
El Nino at center forward. They just had some good history against each other. And just, I mean, they never seemed to fail in Champions League to go at it. Do you think Chelsea's kind of got one eye or even more than one eye on it lately, this Champions League matchup? Because they're, they're just... They seem a little lifeless right now under Antonio Conte, and they're not, they're not that bad. They're not this bad, let's say. They should be able to go toe-to-toe with Barca, but they seem lifeless right now, Oscar. I think similar to Madrid, I think Chelsea, kind of like how Madrid gave up on La Liga, I think Chelsea has given up on Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Taking around to qualify for, uh, for Champions next year, hopefully. And I think their main focus is really on Champions League and trying to really make a noise in Champions League. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point from Oscar. Thank you for the phone call. Soccer Weekly presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out. PuenteHillsToyota.com. They have been a major sponsor here of Soccer Weekly for a long time. We love Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out. We really appreciate that. We also love Walker Zimmerman, LAFC defender. Coming up next here on Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710, the home of world football here in Southern California. I am Dave Dunholm, and we are pleased to be joined by a friend of the show making his second appearance here at Soccer Weekly. He is LAFC defender Walker Zimmerman. Walker, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Thanks for having me on again. You bet. Appreciate it, Walker. Now, I say you're LAFC defender, but now we have to throw in, of course, we've got to talk about it first, U.S. men's national team defender, Walker Zimmerman, what was that whole experience like? Break it down here going into that Bosnia game. Yeah, it was. it's always a good experience. Uh, January camp is, is definitely a, a longer camp, but it's a chance to show and impress the coaches and, and really make a lot of new friends and try to work on some chemistry with some new players. And, and this year in particular, we had a lot of younger players, so there's a good energy about the camp. And uh, we played Bosnia to a 0-0 game, um, which was okay. It's it's always tough. I mean, you're coming off of a long off season. Everyone's working on gaining their fitness, and then you throw in uh, playing with unfamiliar faces. So it is a little difficult, uh, but that's the nature of the camp. So uh, it was good to be kept a zero in the game. Walker, now you're a guy who obviously has been there before with the U.S., but you're still trying to really like establish yourself. You know what I mean? A game like that, mm-hmm. a friendly like that, we're as fans, there's no pressure on us. And I know that sounds crazy because there's pressure on games when it, they really matter. For a friendly, though, you it's another game for you that you have to impress. What's the difference? How does it feel? Is is there any difference between a friendly and a game that you know, quote unquote, counts? Yeah, I think there is a difference. Uh, I think, you know, with a friendly, um, I think you think a lot more about, you know, after the fact, you think about your individual performance, you think about the camp as a whole and how you did on a individual level. Um, And then obviously with the team competitions, when you get into competitive nature, it's forget how you play. It's about, uh, did the team get the result that it needs to? So I think in that regard, it's a little bit different. Obviously you're always pretty self-critical about your game, but I think that's one of the differences in a in a friendly like a January friendly um, is using that as just a chance to try and impress the coaching staff, um, and it's probably a little bit less about the result at that point. This is Soccer Weekly ESPN LA seven ten talking with LAFC defender Walker Zimmerman. I'm Dave Dunholm with you here. Walker, look, fans, we want as much information as we can possibly get our hands on. You know what I mean? Like we we're, we're dying for it. Walk us through. I've been out to camp a couple of times. I saw the scrimmage, the first scrimmage. Walk us through what a day at camp is for you, the timing and all that, when you're on, what you're doing, when you're in meetings, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a, a typical day, uh, we got a good carpool group here in Santa Monica <laughs> between myself and Tyler Miller and Aaron Kovar. So 
we already got that scheduled down pretty good. So it's about 8.20. We'll leave our, our uh, houses, and we'll have the 15-minute drive over to UCLA, jamming some tunes in the car, uh, get there 8.35-ish. And, uh, and then it's just about treatment. Uh, training's typically at 10.30 is when we need to be on the field training. Yeah. So we have about an hour and a half to, uh, to spend getting treatment, uh, just doing whatever we need to do to get ourselves ready for training interact with the guys. I think, uh, especially right now, it's a good time to get to do that. Uh, preseason, obviously just having a lot of time before practice starts to get to know people and, uh, get some team chemistry going. And so then there's sometimes a meeting a couple times a week, maybe at 10, 10 or 10, 15. And that's just going to basically be a meeting about what the concepts are for that particular day. So, uh, we'll have a meeting. We'll go out to the field at 10 30, uh, have about five to ten minutes on our own, and then we'll get right into a warm up and uh, get into whatever it is we're doing that day. Yeah. So it could be more possession based games, could just be more tactical things that we're working on. But ultimately, we're out on the field for uh, just depending on the day, anywhere from an hour and ten minutes to an hour and thirty minutes. And uh, then we'll come back inside, and they've set up a nice recovery system where. It's a point, points-based system where if you do different recovery exercises such as foam rolling or ice bath or you know, low-intensity cycling, it's, you get a different amount of points for each of those, and <laughs> you try and get up to 100 points. So it's a cool little recovery buffet, as they call it. Uh, and then we'll uh, change, we'll shower, we'll change, uh, and we'll eat lunch together as a team um, about usually about 12.30 or 1 o'clock, mm-hmm. and then we're usually out of there by about 1.30. So that's a that's a typical day in camp so far. Nice. Now, look, uh, my wife always hates it when I try to act like I'm young. You know what I mean? And I like I was going to ask you, what are you guys bumping to in the car? But that, I don't even know if you say that anymore. But uh, what are you listening to on the ride on the drive in? Man, it's uh, it's been a variety. Would be the best way to describe it. So sometimes we have some little uh, hip hop and pop if that's coming from Kovar's phone. <laughs> and then Tyler and I have been listening to some country. We listened to a little part of my take podcast one day. So we're we're mixing it up a little nice, bit. Nice, I got you. That's uh, not too bad. I like that. Now this sounds like a crazy question. People want to know about camp. What do you do after camp? I mean, I know you are you <laughs> still trying to learn LA that kind of thing. Yeah, so right now I'm just getting comfortable in Santa Monica, but it's been a lot of the errands that you don't want to have to do. <laughs> so the DMV oh, has yeah. been an experience, oh, uh, yeah. just trying to change our license plates, getting the smog test, all that kind of stuff. So uh, a little bit of that, a little bit of trying out some restaurants, um, a lot of biking and, and birding around so far. So we're getting our uh, nice regeneration session in on a, a couple mile bike ride just down to the beach and uh, just kind of exploring a little bit. We went to the the farmer's market on Sunday, which was a blast. I highly recommend the nice. uh, Santa Monica oh, farmer's yeah. market. That was, that was a good time. And uh, things like that. So just getting comfortable in the city. Um, really haven't ventured out too much outside of Santa Monica yet, but I'm sure uh, once we get some more off days, uh, I'll look to explore and expand my horizons a little bit i don't know if this has happened to you my wife and i stay in venice a lot of times and we'll we'll start to bike towards you know up north obviously towards you Mm -hmm. where you're at and then there it's so beautiful sometimes i ended i'm look i'm a bit out of way i'm a bit out of shape walker Mm -hmm. i'm not a young soccer player i I don't even notice we ended up biking all the way to like malibu one time just because it was so beautiful (laughs) i don't know have you done that yet where you're all of a sudden you're like holy cow where are we at this point. Yeah, so with uh, with the breeze bikes, we have our limit, which basically gets all the way to Venice. 
Oh, okay. Renting the bikes. Yeah. So once it kind of gives you a little square that you can stay in. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we we biked probably three quarters of the way towards Venice uh, one day. So that was probably I don't know six miles or so um, total. That's so not like bad. Three yep. three That's and good. a half down and back. So. We uh, we got down there a little bit bit of the ways, but uh, didn't make it all the way to Venice. Well, they got a Linus bike shop in Venice, so if you guys want to go get set yourselves up with those, you know, then you can do your own thing. But uh, that'll be that'll Perfect. be later. That'll be after the season. Yeah, yeah. You got things to worry about on the pitch. Now, I liked what I saw. Obviously, Walker, I've only been there a few times. I know you're living it now, day in day out. What how are you feeling about this team on the pitch right now? I thought it was good uh, for a first scrimmage, first real match. I thought there were a lot of positives to take away from the game. Um, I think we were really dangerous on the counter. Uh, I think we won the ball in a lot of good spots in the midfield that uh, enabled us to, to counter. And then I think defensively, we're, we're getting used to it a little bit more, um, getting used to each other, getting used to a little different things tactically than maybe some of us have done in the past. And uh, ultimately we're just trying to play uh, good soccer. And that's what Bob has been preaching is, is playing proper football and having ideas and, and movements and passes that are intelligent and not just simple. So yeah. he's really challenging us to, uh, if you have pass A, B and C that are options, you know, don't always just go with A because it's the easiest. Maybe you try and look at C, if, even if it's a riskier pass to try and break some lines. So I think that's a, a concept that we've been working on, and I thought uh, the Toronto game was a great chance where we showed some how we can be dangerous a little bit. Walker, this league, what we've seen in the offseason, we're talking with Walker Zimmerman, LAFC defenseman here, a defender. I get a little hockey in there every now and again. LAFC <laughs> defender and a uh, you know, friend of the show here on Soccer Weekly. I did notice with Bob, it, it's a lot about you know, going at people, let's play this game, you know what I mean? And you're talking about trying to mm-hmm. pick that path. That's when you want to do it is in a scrimmage, of course. Now, you obviously have to translate this to the regular season and all that. Where do you, What kind of style do you think this team's going to be playing? If somebody's coming to an LAFC game for the first time, what, do you, what are they going to see in the regular season, you think? Yeah, I think they're going to see a lot of passes, um, so a lot of possession, but also making sure that we're doing that with a purpose. Yeah. Um, so not just keeping the ball just to keep the ball, but uh, try and waiting for the right moments to then uh, exploit our wingers and our forwards to try and get in behind and and try and get after the goal because that's, that's obviously the objective. So um, I think you'll see a lot of passes, but but with a purpose is is how I'd describe it. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things MLS has done. You're still a young player, a young man. They're bringing in a lot of really young kids from South America. One of those, of course, comes to LAFC and Diego Rossi. Uh, talk a little bit about this new import from Uruguay. Yeah, he's a great player, um, a great person as well. Uh, we've been practicing i've been practicing my spanish with him and he's been working on his english with me so we've been trying to have good conversations in each other's languages just to get to know each other a little bit um so we had actually great conversation today just talking about uh just soccer in general in uruguay and uh his kind of youth development through their national team system and he's a great player uh he's very dangerous very technical um he's got a very good ability to cut inside and then create his own shot, yeah. which is not uh, not that easy to do, uh, to be able to have the speed and technique to be able to create your own shot in MLS. So I think he'll be dangerous for us. He's still young. He's still growing. But uh, I think he has a great starting point, and I think he can learn a lot here. All right. Now let's do some football chisme here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario and I love this stuff. we got to know, mm-hmm. has there yet been one of those NFL training camp fights? 
at LAFC training camp yet. You know? <laughs> Where you, you know, we're friends. We don't really want to hurt each other, but we got to impress the coach a little bit. Let's get into a little scrap here. <laughs> no, there, no, there's not been any <laughs> any breakouts at this point. Um, I'm I'm sure they'll come throughout the season, but I think right now everyone's a little bit. Uh, making sure that they have good friendships to start off the season. That's fair. You guys barely know each other's names yet at this point. So Yeah, exactly. exactly. Walker, well, last thing, what about Bob Bradley? You've talked a little bit about him in this interview, a few different uh, questions there. What What about Bob Bradley as this, uh, the uh, manager for this team? I think, I think the thing that comes to mind is he knows exactly what he wants, um, and that's something that you really want in a manager because you then know how to please him, how to – put together a performance in the field that uh, is his style and it has his brand all over it. And so I mentioned a couple of the ways that he's trying to, to change or create uh, our system. And so a lot of that goes back to the fundamentals and the basics. So it's just simple, small movements that he's working on us with uh, simple things such as your first touch and how you receive it. How is your body position? And it's those little things that oftentimes once you get to this level, uh, you don't really learn again, you know, it might be something that you picked up in a, a youth uh, team, but then now that you're here, it's like, oh yeah, like those are concepts that still need to be fine-tuned, and even you know, creating new habits yeah. uh, to break some old ones. So he's really stripping things down to the fundamentals, um, which is a, a good thing. And then he also has a, a clear picture of how he wants uh, our team to play. So from that regard, I think uh, it's been really good, and, and I think we'll all learn uh, throughout this season just because uh, of his direction. He is the first athlete we've ever had on more than once here on Soccer Weekly, and we're happy to do it. We love it each and every time. LAFC defender Walker Zimmerman. Walker, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Good luck, man. Continued success. Thank you, guys. We appreciate Walker Zimmerman, LAFC defender. We appreciate you at 877-710-ESPN. We'll continue the conversation of the Champions League. Who do you like? Who do you not like in these matchups? We'll be talking more about those. I got, oh, the Real Madrid PSG, though, is on fire. Plus the USSF presidential election coming at uh, February 10th. And we got some Liga Amakis. All of that, so much more still to get to. It's Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Dunham, and you are listening to ESPNLA 710. It is Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. I am Dave Dunham, and you are hanging out on the home of world football here in Southern California. Soccer Weekly, once again, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. And when you do, make sure you tell them that Soccer Weekly and Dave at Home sent you. We really appreciate their support. We appreciate you supporting all of our fine sponsors here at ESPNLA 710, not the least of which is Puente Hills Toyota here on Soccer Weekly. We've got some big matchups coming in the Champions League. And, you know, look, on paper, there are some mismatches. And we've highlighted some of the Basel and Man City. Even like, even a, a Porto Liverpool. Porto, to me, I, I haven't been as impressed with the, uh, Premier League, uh, the Portuguese top league this year as I have in other seasons. Now, Porto came through with the group from Shakhtar, the Shakhtar group. Shakhtar winning that group. Now they'll take on Roma. I love what Shakhtar Donetsk looks like on paper. They got to go out and get it done against Roma. But they're not going to be overawed, that's for sure. That first matchup at home in Ukraine is going to be crucial, or at home. Real PSG, we've talked about that matchup. Chelsea-Barcelona, I just think Chelsea are sleepwalking a bit. I like what the caller, Oscar, uh, pointed out. In fairness, Chelsea's kind of given up on the uh, premiership, it seems. The Juve, Juve uh, Spurs is a good matchup, too. 
Tottenham certainly has every reason to believe they can go a long way in this competition if they're firing. But Juve is a tough matchup. Juventus, again, we've talked about it the last couple of seasons. They're not afraid to score goals anymore. This is not a Juventus team that's trying to squeak out of Europe with 1-0 every game. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. If you're going to look for winners, here we go. You ready? Let's do it. Man City, way too strong for Basel. Pep Guardiola's side is not going to miss this opportunity. A couple of weeks ago, you Pinekiss, the manager of uh, Bayern, legendary manager over in Germany, said that uh, Kevin De Bruyne was the best player in the world. Pump the brakes, you, all right? Whenever there's a Lionel Messi still on the planet, there is no other best player in the world. And occasionally a tip of the cap to Cristiano Ronaldo, who at times is better than slightly better than Messi and vice versa, all right? Let's not get nuts over Kevin De Bruyne playing some fine football, the youngster at Man City. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I don't like Kevin De Bruyne. He is good. He is world-class, and he's playing some top-class football. He's not in their ballpark yet. But he is going to lead Man City over Basel. Juve and Spurs. I'm going to go with Tottenham. Just slightly. Look, this is one that is an absolute coin flip. If you hear, if you heard a coin hit the table here, that's not a coin noise. I can't do a coin noise. Anybody got a coin? I do, actually. Let me do, let me flip a coin for this one. I'm going to go with Tottenham, my gut says. But here, heads is, uh, heads is Juve, tails is, uh, Tottenham. Oh, they agreed with me. It's, uh, ta- Tottenham, the coin. I hate to steal a bit from my old radio buddy, Ben Maller, but no, I, I'm not going to do that. But Tottenham, it's a coin flip. Porto, Liverpool. Liverpool is going to outscore Porto. That, well, that one's going to end up on aggregate somewhere around seven to four. It's going to be crazy. Liverpool, Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp. What I love about Jurgen Klopp, and you know what I'm talking about, is Jurgen Klopp is my kind of manager. I've said it all along with MLS managers at times and U.S. national team managers back in the day. MLS managers and U.S. national team managers too often, now not so much more recently, they would rather draw nil-nil than win four to three. And Jurgen Klopp would rather lose six to five than draw nil-nil at times. Like, he wants to go out and play. And that's going to be too much for Porto. I don't believe Porto can hang with Liverpool. Real Madrid and PSG, wow. Here's the thing, look. Real Madrid has been a bit of a mess. We know this, right? How in the world do you pick against Cristiano Ronaldo in the Champions League? Like it's And PSG is that good. Like, I might have to. I'm saving this one for later. I can't even pick yet. I'm saving it for last. That is just too much. Bayern Munich and Besiktas. Bayern is going to squeak by in this two legs. Barely. Besiktas is right up there, talent-wise. Now, they're not as good as Bayern Munich, talent-wise, theoretically. But on the field, Besiktas is super dangerous this year. Be wary of this one. Chelsea-Barcelona. I'm going to whisper this one. Barcelona's going to run all over them. Barca is ready to explode past Chelsea. Chelsea cannot hang with this team. Sevilla, Man United. Man United is going to either win 1-0 after two legs or 5-1. Depends what Jose Mourinho wants to do. If Jose wants to come out and play, look out. They're too good. Shakhtar and Roma, you already heard me pick. That one's going Shakhtar Donetsk way. 
And Shakhtar may not be done with this round. This is my sleeper pick for the whole tournament. Now i got to go back. I guess Bayern's going to squeak by Besiktas. But Real Madrid and PSG? You know what? i got to do it. I believe PSG can win this whole thing. I don't think I can't see them being stopped this early. I will not be shocked if Real Madrid beats them, of course. But I will have to put Real Madrid right back into the hunt to win it all if they can eat. They can right the ship with just these two games. I really believe that. That's how good PSG is. If Real Madrid can get by PSG in these two legs, they can right the ship immediately and go right back on to win another one. And all will be forgotten in terms of the issues they've had. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776, a number to get involved. Interesting story out of uh, from Tom Marshall of ESPN FC, you know, friend of the show. We love Tom covering Liga MX. Does a great job down in Mexico. He had a great story. I don't know if you saw this one, Mario. And it's on ESPN FC right now, talking about Liga MX teams wanting to do away with promotion and relegation. You know, it's a bit of a different system. You're judged on six Ligias, well, not Ligias, because that's the playoffs, and all, all the teams don't make it, but you're judged on six seasons, essentially. The Apertura, Clausura, times three. And that's how they decide who's going to get relegated, promoted and relegated. Which is a bit of a crazy system for us to kind of wrap our heads around in terms of like the Premiership and the La Liga and all the other leagues. It's one season. In, in Mexico, they wanted to give a little leeway. You know, it's only one team that gets promoted or relegated. It's a tough system. As Tom Marshall pointed out great in this article, or very well in this article, a lot of the Asensio teams don't have the financial wherewithal, they don't have the stadiums to be able to even move up. But then there's teams like Atletico San Luis, which is owned by Atletico Madrid, and they poured a fortune into that second division team. They want to eventually move up. And yet now they're talking about just putting it to a vote, essentially, in Liga MX deciding, nah, no more promotion really. That's insane! Right? All the grief MLS gets for not having it from all these purists here in America. What are you saying about League MX with a story like this? It's insanity. Yeah, Mario Reeves, my fearless producer, shaking his head behind the glass here. Not the best radio bit, Mario, but I understand. You don't even, you can't even comment right Can now. Can you imagine once being in the first division, going to the second division, all of a sudden they cut out? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> all right, you're done. You're done. Bye. <laughs> no see chance ya, to come back see up ya, again. Atlas, you're done. Oh. Lobos, blop. Goodbye. And those are the teams, I think, that are fighting for it, by the way, or fighting against it. Wow. I just think, I don't know, that seems like posturing to me. You know, look, the thing about League MX is they're not afraid to make headlines any which way they can sometimes. And the owners down there kind of, you know, oh, really? Well, I'm just going to buy a new team and put them. Remember when those that thing was happening for a while? Like their team gets relegated, so the owner just goes and buys a different team, <laughs> brings them up or what? you know, like buys a team it's just it was pan pandemonium for a while now they've solidified a lot of that but yeah it's a it's an interesting story from tom marshall who does great work of course for espn fc check that out wow can you imagine the the backlash unbelievable 877-710-ESPN 877-710-3776 i am dave dunham and you are listening to soccer weekly here on espn la 710 Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunhoma, and you are discussing with me some of the big topics in the world of soccer each and every week here on ESPN LA 710. Thanks once again to Walker Zimmerman of LAFC. Had him on earlier in the show. Once again, don't forget, you miss anything. 
You can uh, follow us on the uh, on the iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice with the podcast. It comes out very, very quickly after the show. Michael Funches, the great Michael Funches, working it. He gets that thing to me. We get it up immediately, and it's ready to go. If you subscribe, rate, and review, you're ready to, f- to fly with Soccer Weekly on iTunes and all the podcatchers. And uh, thanks so much for doing that. Appreciate that. The thing is blowing up on as a podcast as well. We really appreciate that. Now, if you're hanging out, you know I wanted to discuss the U.S. Soccer Federation presidential election coming up February 10th. We're just days away. And I'm getting nervous because this election means a lot to the future of soccer in the United States. Some of you, maybe you're a more casual fan. You just love listening to my dulcet tones each and every week. You love good radio. Okay, you might not understand. You might not even care really who wins. But it is massive for the future of the sport. And look, I've endorsed Eric Winalda from very early on in the process. I believe he is the right candidate. Talked with Kyle Martino. Like a lot of what he says, what we need are guys like them running it. We do. Not just because they're former players. I don't buy into that. They've got the right ideas. They've got the right attitude. And I'll go so far as to say, I like what I've heard of about a guy named Steve Winograd. He's had some good stuff. Paul Caligiuri. We need that kind of change. We do not need the status quo. And there are a couple of those candidates. Carlos Cordero, Kathy Carter. I'm sorry, they are. We don't need Hope Solo in there. Sorry, Hope. I don't believe she's the right candidate. This is a crucial time in U.S. soccer. And we have to have the right people running it. Now, again, most importantly, we got to pay attention even after this election. And we got to start holding these people's feet to the fire, whoever wins, to make sure we continue to move forward and keep a closer eye on this stuff. Because we have to ensure the future of the sport. Have to. So, yes, I want Eric Winalda to win. He is the guy that I have chosen to endorse. And I hope those of you within earshot of this show, whether it's online or you listen to the podcast or you're here in Southern California listening on ESPN LA 710 and you have a vote, I hope that's who it goes to. But there are some other good candidates. And more importantly, there are some candidates we just can't. Again, might be great people. This is not personal. Don't know these people personally. I know that they've been involved with U.S. soccer for a number of years. We need a fresh start. You know, again, sometimes when you need a fresh start, even some good people get put out in the wash, if you will, whatever cliche you want to use. Yeah, that's going to have to happen in this case. They're too close to it. Mario, you know it's never too close. It's always perfectly on time. It's the best segment. It is stoppage time. With the great producer, Mario Reyes. Mario, welcome to Stoppage Time, buddy. What's goody, Dave? Not too much. I don't even know what that means. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, we had uh, earlier... we had uh, No way. We don't say that anymore. That's what's crackalackin'? Yeah, you can go with that. Yeah. <laughs> earlier, we had uh, LAFC defender Walker Zimmerman on the show. Sure. And uh, he shared his thoughts after the first ever LAFC scrimmage. I thought it was good. For a first scrimmage, first real match, I thought there were a lot of positives to take away from the game. 
I think we were really dangerous on the counter. I think we won the ball in a lot of good spots in the midfield that uh, enabled us to, to counter. And then I think defensively, we're, we're getting used to it a little bit more, um, getting used to each other, getting used to a little different things tactically than maybe some of us have done in the past. And uh, ultimately, we're just trying to play uh, good soccer. And that's what Bob has been preaching. Dave, you and I were there at beautiful UCLA. What yes. did you see there at the scrimmage? You know what I saw? I saw a, a franchise that is building but was not over its head. Look, it's preseason. And you know if you know me for more than five minutes in the world sports, if you listen to me do a talk shows, I don't like preseason. All that matters is nobody gets hurt, and then you won, right? So nobody got hurt for LAFC. That means right. they win. Now, what I what you have to see about a, a franchise like this, Mario, is they were not overawed. Like they weren't over their heads. They looked fine, right? They looked, you know, they played well. That's all you can ask for at this point. That's all that matters. Dave, could uh, Lionel Messi be heading to the China Super League? Oh my goodness! Now, according to Mundo Deportivo, Messi is a target for the big spending team Hebei China Fortune FC. Now, even though Messi refused the move to the Far East last summer, uh, Hebei Fortune remained with their focus on Messi. And it, uh, Mario, according to the story, right, it would have to be his buyout clause. Oh my goodness! How Did much you see is that? that? How much is that? Seven hundred million pounds. Seven hundred million. Woo! That's like eight hundred million bones. Yeah, that might be a problem. Let's put it this way: if MLS wanted to bring him here for his release clause, every owner. Would have to pony up nearly forty million dollars. Wow! Every owner in the league to get him over here, and that's one team in China. Look, here's the thing: there are over a billion people in China. That's a big market. I guess it could happen, but that is a lot of money. Moro. That's close to a billion, a million dollars. D- diminishing, a billion. yeah, diminishing returns there. I don't think it. I mean. Wow. No, nah, that's just too much. It, too much for even the great Lionel Messi at this point. So, hey, thanks so much to Mario Reyes and Michael Funches. Thanks to you for the phone calls. You can follow me on Twitter at TalkSoccer, Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710.